0: Welcome back, everybody, to the SOS Stacy On Sports Podcast Show. You are tuned in to the main host, Stacy Carter II. And the whole team is back this week Mike White Jr., Ben Okazawa, and Korea Lewis. Say what's up, Pete? What's up,
1: guys?
0: What's going on? Glad to be back. Yeah, we back for another one. Fresh off our playoff and draft talk. Gonna have. Some some Laker news, got to talk about the Lakers, they stay in the news, even though they're not in the playoffs, unfortunately. Uh, We got some Ryan Tannehill controversy, and also we have to celebrate the start of the WNBA, which is in its 26th season, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be a great one. But first, we have to start off with Mr. Ben Simmons of the Brooklyn Nets. It's been reported that he will have back surgery over the summer and he should be ready before training camp starts. For sure, be ready for the regular season. Now, this comes in lieu of him kind of playing everybody, talking about he wanna play game three, game four of uh, the series that got in which they got swept in. And you know, people was confused by how you was ready to play, but now you need back surgery. And we just found out you had a herniated disc from whatever you was doing. So let's just get our reaction to this. because Ben Simmons has become a controversial figure in the NBA as uh, far as like, him being talented, but him probably lacking proper motivation. So Ben, since you missed last week, we're going to let you start first. What you think about this new development of Ben Simmons needing
2: back surgery now? It's a little corny. Um, why not do it before? If you weren't going to play in the playoffs, why not do this earlier? um but listen he's still gonna make it apparently if you trust him i don't uh if if you trust him uh he's gonna be back before the regular season uh so i think listen it's a little embarrassing how this has all played out for him it's been a bit of a ridiculous saga the past year year and a half or so um and he's lost all credibility his trade value is you know in the basement right now um but I think he still has a lot to contribute to this team. If they keep the whole core together, Kyrie, Katie, Ben Simmons, um, and then maybe hopefully add some depth, especially in your bigs. Nick Claxton looked terrible in the playoffs this year. Um, I think this team could still make some noise and be what they were projected to have been the past few seasons now. Yeah, definitely.
0: Mike, what you think about this new development concerning Ben Simmons?
1: Um, Man... It Like Ben said, we've been through a lot with Ben Simmons back and forth. Is he going to play? Is he not? Is he really hurt? I do think the fact that he is having to get surgery and that he is really hurt, it just poses the question, like, why the fake are you going to play? Like, I could come back three or four. I mean, I feel like of all people, Ben Simmons knew most likely he wasn't going to be able to play. So why even? lead the team on to believe or lead fans and viewers on to believe that you were going to be able to provide something for the Nets that you ultimately weren't ready to do. Um, I, I've never fought a guy for being hurt at the end of the day. You, you know, the, the back is not anything to play with, herniated this, and he clearly needed surgery. So he was clearly seriously hurt. But why the whole back and forth like, yeah, I might come back for game three, get a Nets to whole Nah, man, if you hurt, be hurt. Get better and then come back. You don't, in my opinion, Ben Simmons doesn't have anything to prove to anyone. So you didn't need to throw out there, hey, I I could be coming back to help these guys. Like you you didn't need to do that. If you're hurt, then be hurt. Now, of course, he's been getting a lot of flag ever since, you know, the whole Philly burnout. So it it was, it was probably just a little bit of listening to people online, being on social media, seeing what they're saying about you and, you know, trying to please everybody. But at the end of the day, I mean, you're all individual, man. You know you hurt, so I wouldn't risk anything. I wouldn't lie just because of what other people are saying. Like, hey, he needs to be out there. He quit on his team. Man, if you hurt, then be hurt and get right so you can come back 100% and try to prove your doubters wrong. And you have a lot of doubters right now. A lot of people in the media saying, you know, what was they saying? He was soft and he let his team down, this and that. But the man's hurt. If he would have led with that, if we would have known the seriousness of his injury at first, and granted, maybe he didn't even know the seriousness of it, and he's just figuring out now. But if we would have known that from the beginning, all these expectations wouldn't have been put on you to come back and try to help the Nets, because they needed help at the wing position. I remember us talking about that numerous times. So my reaction is, I'm glad he's actually hurt. He's actually physically hurt and wasn't just "quote unquote." Like I, I said before, man, I hope he wasn't just scared to go out there and play because of who they were playing. I, I'm glad. I'm not glad that he's hurt, but I'm glad it was something real, something substantial. So now we know. Okay, he's going in the lab. He's getting the surgery. He's going to get the rehab done, and then when he comes back, it's still going to be a little time, a little process, because again, it's a back injury. That's serious stuff. But then we can see what you're really made of when you're at a hundred percent. And I just feel like Ben Simmons, as hard as it may be, you got to stop listening to the media and listening to social media and letting that dictate what you're going to do or what you say you're going to try to do. And just be you, man. You knew you were hurt. He said before the game, it was just honestly, I think it was just a bad timing because it just so happened. His back didn't feel that good right before potentially the I believe the Celtics could have went up 3-0 as they came home so it was just bad timing and if he would have left from the beginning that you know I'm just not healthy enough to play and I don't want to if I'm not out there at 100% I don't want to be out there at 50 and holding my guys back so I'm going to do what I need to do to come back next year 100% I feel like it would have been better but the fact that they were leaking that you could come back at this point and help these guys out and then just for the day before to be like oh Uh, My back's hurting. You know, it's just bad optics. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, it's optics. So I'm glad he got the surgery. I'm glad he's going to be able to come back next year. Um, But, dude, stop listening to the media. Stop letting that dictate what you say. He got to get them demons out his head, man. Like we've been saying Mm a hundred times. Get those demons out your head and move forward with your career.
0: Exactly. That goes to a lot of players as well. A lot of star players do not feed into the media don't do it Korea what you think about Ben Simmons getting back surgery over this summer
3: um I think it's pretty bizarre but I mean if he's hurt he's hurt you know like like Mike said you know like any injury like you know even like a back injury that's like nothing to you know play with and um Ben, he had surgery a couple days ago. So, you know, prayers up for him. Uh, Seemed like it was pretty legit for him if he actually had surgery. I know he was, um, Ben was talking about um, getting like an apology from Shaq and Stephen A. Smith just because of the things, the comments that they had made towards like his injury and all that. And we see how he is with the Nets and I mean, He hasn't really done anything that's, like, too, like, spectacular or anything. Um, I wish him nothing but the best. I mean, for this upcoming season, you know, if he comes back, then, you know, that's good. If he doesn't, then, you know, I guess that's good, too. I don't know. But honestly, hopefully, like, you know, when he comes back in the season, um, hopefully he'll just come back, like, you know, with a plan and you know come back sort of stronger, um, but I mean usually after injuries and all that it's sort of hard to like come back the way that you were before. Of course, you know. So um, yeah, hopefully um, we'll see something from him, you know, soon.
0: Yeah, I hope so too because Ben Simmons is one of my favorite young players in the NBA. When he plays, super effective, can do it all on the floor except shoot, of course, but he can do a lot of things. Uh, yeah, I agree with you Korea. This is very, very bizarre. He was talking about, he was ready to go game three, game four, but then, um, him having a herniated disc surface. And that's confusing right there. It's like, you can't, no, you can't play with that at all. I'm six foot four. I know what it feels like to have your back hurt. So I, that's not a good thing. That's, that's not a good thing. But, um, like Mike said, I think it's just the demons. It's just the demons. He's been fighting them since what happened with uh, the Atlanta Hawks last year in the playoffs. Um, people piling on his head, saying he can't shoot. He's scared to shoot this and that. Uh, look, It, it seems like that he's battling between, you know, he wants to stay out. He wants to get better physically and mentally. But he also wants to exceed and push past people's worldly expectations of him. And he's having that battle right now. And, you know, my advice would be, uh, do what's best for you at the end of the day. If you was hurt, just say that you was hurt, keep it honest, and then, you know, get yourself better. But also, I think that he's he's um, pretty timid about getting back to the floor. As soon as he touched the floor in the Barclays it's gonna be media, news, it's gonna be stuff everywhere. Come back first game, if he struggled, they're going to pile on him. If he does well, they're going to raise their uh, expectations of form. And if he falls off after that, he's going to catch hell. So uh, Ben Simmons just needs to work – he really needs to work on his mentality. I think his mentality has took a, a huge downturn, and he needs to upgrade that whenever he can. But um, in the bigger picture, should the Brooklyn Nets – at least entertain the thought of trading him because, you know, he kind of led them on a little bit saying he might play, saying he, and he was practicing, but then he was hurt after practice. He got this whole lawsuit thing going on with Philly. So should, should the Nets try to do away with him? Or should they try to make it work? Ben, what you think about that?
2: I honestly don't think you would be able to trade Ben Simmons for squat right now, mm-hmm. but he's got a nice little contract. He's just coming off back surgery and every team in the league now knows over, you know, after the events of the past year that taking him on is a huge risk for the amount of money that he makes for, you know, the injury risk. I don't think it's worth making a trade, whether it's a first round pick or one of your nice young stars. It's not worth making a trade for Ben Simmons right now. It's not worth it for other teams. It's not worth it for the Brooklyn Nets either. I think they should hold on to him. And like I said, um, you try to run it back next year. KD, Kyrie, Ben Simmons. Hopefully, you know, they need to have a good offseason for sure. Add some depth at the center position. Um, maybe some bench pieces would be nice. Bruce Brown's okay. But, you know, you definitely want to add some depth there. So hopefully uh, hopefully they can hold on to him. It's probably the right move and uh, have another go at it next year.
0: All right, Mike, what you think about that? What you think about the Nets holding on or entertaining a trade for Ben Simmons?
1: I mean, the Nets can look for whatever they want. (laughs) Any guy coming (laughs) off back surgery, you're not going to be able to trade him immediately. Like, you're just not. And I think in order to find out, because at the end of the day, can we definitively say who's won the trade so far? In my opinion, I think the answer is no. I don't think you'll be able to know until Ben Simmons comes back. And if he comes back, at the top of his game, like he was, and the mental is straight, you've got a pretty key piece. The one thing we said about the Nets in the playoffs this year is the defense. The defense was a problem. Well, here you insert a 6'10 guy who can guard one through four, you know, provide some help even when other teams go small ball five. This is the perfect guy for your system. This is someone they could have used against the Celtics when I mean, you got a Jason, a Jason Tatum and a Jalen Brown going off. So I think the Nets should hold on to him rehab him, you know, build his confidence up. I really liked last year, I believe, the uh, when the Nets went against Philly and they went out there and they were in Philly and they went out there and whooped Philly's ass. And then KD said, and you know, he said after the game, it felt good to shut the crowd up and do it for our teammates. So you got guys who believe in you there in Brooklyn, even though you haven't stepped a foot on the court. So I think the Nets should hold on to him. He's a key piece for him. Like I've been saying, he can come in, play the Draymond role, All those other guys outside of Kyrie and Kevin Durant who can't get their own shot, Ben Simmons will find those guys shots, get those guys open shots. He can be, uh, you know, a great defender for this team. And then like Ben said, you go out and you have a good off season. You add some depth at the wing position, you add another center um, to Drummond and Claxton, and then you never know this is a team competing for a championship. And I think Ben Simmons can be a key player on a championship team, but like we keep saying, man, it all, it all starts up here for him. Rehab the back, and then we'll see where it goes. But as far as trading now, I'm holding on to him, at least for this next year coming up and seeing what we could do. You don't know what it's going to be like with him on the court. Granted, I know he has his shooting woes, and we can worry about this and that, but you just don't know what it's going to be until you get him. Maybe being out of Philly is the best thing that could ever happen to Ben Simmons, right? If we can get him at least shooting what? 75% from the line. I'll take that guy because it's a lot of guys in the league who can't shoot threes and he doesn't need to do that to be successful in my opinion. So as far as trading them now, nah, you ain't going to be able to do that. And I wouldn't look to do it right away either. I would at least give him at least two years with these guys, KD and Kyrie and see what he could provide. If he's a superstar, then you got someone going forward for after KD for after Kyrie and you already have him signed long-term. So let's wait it out and let's see what he does.
0: Yeah, I think uh, Philly right now is winning that trade. They still in the playoffs. The Nets not. Nah, <laughs> ben Simmons didn't even play. So, Philly, I got the advantage right there, right now. Career, uh, what you think the Nets should do with Ben Simmons? Should they, you know, keep him around, develop him, or should they look to shop him?
3: Uh, I think they should keep him and see what he's capable of doing, you know, like for the next, like, season or two. Um, just – you know, give him like another opportunity, you know? And then also like him coming off of this like back surgery, um, like I said earlier, um, it may be a little bit um, tough for him, but at the same time, like, you know, um, like when you come off of any type of surgery, it's, you won't be like the exact same way, like how you were prior, you know, like before. So, you know, I think that the Nets should keep him and like, you know, he need, like you guys were saying, he also needs to have like, you know, um, just a better mentality and like the way of thinking and he just needs to like really stay focused and, you know, just keep his eyes on the prize type of thing, you know? So, um, yeah, I think the Nets should keep him and just um, see what develops out of him, you know, some more for the next like season or two.
0: Right. And I and I hope he does get back to that place that he was um, being a defensive MVP candidate and all that stuff. So uh, hats off to Ben Simmons. Get yourself better mentally. Can't wait to see you in a Brooklyn Nets uniform. But we're going to move on to the Lakers. Lakers are still swirling around in the news because it's the
3: Lakers.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) of course, so. Um, This week, Stephen A. Smith, Stephen A. Smith said that the Lakers should consider trading LeBron James hmm. should consider that. Basically, I, I saw the I saw the, the clip. Basically, he was saying that the Lakers need to get some young pieces to set themselves up for the future. Because, you know, you got LeBron who's up there in age, AD who's hurt a lot. And then you still got Russell Westbrook. So they need to invest in a future. So when those three are gone, they won't fall completely off the cliff and go back to those days where, well, who was it? Like uh, Jordan Clarkson and Xavier Henry and yeah. Ross- mm. Saker? that, that lineup. I know. <laughs> rough, days. The, rough, the, days. The rough days, rough days, the young d the young d <laughs> the, 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 the immature Julius Randle, those, they don't want to go. He said, he don't want them to go back to those days. And also, i seen some scenarios, trade scenarios, about Anthony Davis. Because, like I just said, Anthony Davis, past two seasons, missed, like, basically half the season of each. Um, hasn't really been there, and it's been hard for him. So, let's break down what Stephen A. Smith just said. Uh, ben, do you agree or disagree that they should consider trading LeBron James?
2: Uh, I agree. I agree. I definitely think they oh. should. They're not going to, though. They're not going to, because <laughs> you don't do that. If you're a coach, executive in the NBA, you don't get rid of LeBron James. LeBron James gets rid of you. People, people, <laughs> right. use, people kind of use that against LeBron, the Le GM jokes, whatever you want to say. I, It's something I immensely respect about LeBron James. I've always been impressed with just how he carries himself. Players have never had power in this league the same way LeBron James has had power in this league. Um, so I, it's something I respect and love about LeBron James as much as you know twelve year olds on Twitter with uh, James Harden profile pictures would would love to make <laughs> jokes about it and uh, bash him for that. It's something I've always loved about LeBron James. Uh, so kudos to him for that. There's no way he's getting traded, uh, but I think it is the smart move at the end of the day. Uh, every reason Stephen A. said he's you know going on thirty eight doesn't match the timeline for that team I don't think with this group that you have now you win a championship you're paying Russell Westbrook a lot of money don't think you're gonna find a trade partner seven million 47 yeah. million yeah don't think you're gonna find a trade partner there after what he showed us last season so I don't I think this team the the one that they have right now the timeline has run out uh, I think if anything you actually keep ad and then start <laughs> rebuilding a new um, around him. Uh, he, he's shown us he's not even 30 yet. He's shown us a lot um, in the past couple of seasons when he's played, when he's been healthy, obviously there's an injury risk, but he's one of the best players in the league when he's, when he's available to you. So I think the smart move, trade LeBron, do your best to trade Russell Westbrook. I don't see it happening. Maybe give him another year and then build around whatever capital you get from this LeBron James trade. Um, build around A.D., Russell Westbrook, and uh, see what you can do. But it, it's, it looks like it's about that time for the Lakers. The Western Conference is a new beast, and it's a young beast. Phoenix Suns, Dallas Mavericks, um, Golden State Grizzlies. Warriors, Memphis Grizzlies, all these teams, New Orleans Pelicans, all of these teams, all of these teams are on the come-up, and uh, I think the Lakers might got to start again at this point. Oh, uh, man. Oh, man. Mike, uh, what you think about
0: what Stephen A. Smith said? Should they consider trading LeBron James and also throwing Anthony Davis in there as well? So I think the
1: key word in his sentence is consider. You should consider all options at this point. You didn't make the playoffs. I think every option should be considered. Now, for me, the pecking order goes as far as trading. I believe Russell Westbrook is the number one person you should be trying to move. Um, no matter how difficult it is, I think it's been kind of proven that he does not fit with a LeBron James. I think AD is second on that list. Um, as great as he's been, he's only been able to finish one season completely, and that's because we got a how much long break during the COVID season? I hate to be the guy to admit that with all this Laker stuff behind me, but it, it just happens to be the truth. The only time he was able to successfully get through the entire season was when he had the three-month hiatus during the COVID break and was able to come and play. So, And then I think LeBron James is third on the list. My thing with trading LeBron and why I am not too keen on moving him for possible pieces, and again, it all depends on what pieces you're bringing in at the end of the day. Because you don't, like Ben said, you don't just move a guy like LeBron James and say, hey, man, (laughs) we starting over and we going this that the young nucleus we had, it didn't work. And we got rid of all those players to get into a situation where we could compete for titles. So I'm not, me personally, I'm not okay with banking on picks and things of that nature. If if I'm trading LeBron James, I better be getting a bona fide superstar or, and or very great players back. I better be getting a Jason Tatum. Uh, you know, I, I, I need to be getting someone along those lines If it's a younger player on the come up, or I need to get an established superstar, a Luka Doncic. And then again, these are all trades that would never happen, which is why. Right. These are all trades that will never happen. So I just feel like ultimately at the end of the day, if you trade LeBron James, you're never, ever going to get the value that you need to continue to compete afterwards. So I think. Stephen A. needs to listen to his own slogan. Stay off the weed, my brother. We not looking at moving a LeBron James. If anything, in my opinion, it's time to start looking at moving an Anthony Davis. And even with Anthony Davis, even with Anthony Davis, it's not going to happen this year. Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook, I'll tie them in. Their trade value couldn't be lower at this point based off AD's injury history and Russell Westbrook's playoff this last season. But those are the guys you're going to want to move. A.D., when's the last time he's played 70-something games? You know, it, it's just he came in, he was great for us when we won the championship, came into the playoffs, but then the next year he came back a little bit out of shape, wasn't the same guy. This year when he was playing, good, not great. We've seen A.D. be the sole, the number one on the team before in New Orleans. Didn't get far at all maybe playoffs out the first round when he had demarcus cousins and rondo they made some moves but ultimately i just in my opinion i just don't think ad is that one a type of guy i think he's a 1b and in some situations depending on you have he could be a 1c we got to move anthony davis or westbrook but westbrook is definitely the first choice for me 47 million last year of your contract ball dominant type of guy when we have lebron james if you had to choose between who's going to have the ball for 35 minutes a game between russell westbrook and lebron james i don't even think we need to discuss you know discuss who you would lean towards so i think it starts with moving russell westbrook seeing what you can get for him and i understand that's going to be a difficult process because like i said He's coming off a crappy season and people on Twitter and all these places keep telling me, yeah, man, but but his stats, man, they're, they're on par for the course of all the years. That doesn't mean it's good. <laughs> that doesn't mean that's what is needed. All these years since KD's left, there's a reason why he's been knocked out of the first round every single year, I believe, with the exception of one. And that was with the Houston Rockets, where James Harden was the number one. There's a reason for that. It doesn't matter that his stats are on par. It's not good enough. It's not championship-level basketball. And if there's one thing I know LeBron James can still do at the age of uh, 38 or 37, my bad if I messed up the age, is he can play championship-level basketball. Dude just almost led the league of scoring in year 19 over 30 a game. I'm not trading that guy. Not yet. I'll let that guy retire right here. But I'm not trading him unless I'm getting something bona fide back. So, Stephen A, I I do think he's right. You should always consider every option as a GM. You should consider every single option that you have um, in order to make your team better. But I don't see no way of the Lakers trading LeBron James and relying on Anthony Davis and becoming better. Unless you're bringing in somebody better than Anthony Davis and who can play – 70 plus games, then I wouldn't do it, man. I'm trying to move Westbrook, see what pieces I can get for him. Um, see what people are saying about AD. Cause let's give AD another off season. Okay. Cause I know last year he knew he was going to be playing at the five more. So he kind of bulked up a bit, got hurt a lot. Maybe that was a mistake. So in this off season, he slims back up, you put him more at the four position and then you go get you a center who can bang with the, with the yokeks in the league and the MBs in the league, like the, like basically the roster we had two years ago where you had Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee. And then if you didn't need one of those guys, okay, now we can move 80 to the five and he could play it for a certain amount of time, but I'm not with trading LeBron, man. He's just too impactful The things he does on the court. I definitely think you need to shift everything else around him and try to compete for a championship. Now Uh, those picks, Picks, man, picks, they could end up good, but they could also end up very bad. Like, there's there's a lot of teams who's been stacking up for picks, and it hasn't proven to do anything for them, and the Lakers just have never been that type of team. They go get who they want, and they go get a ring if they can. So I'm not with trading LeBron, but I do agree that you should consider all options when going into an offseason, especially when you were picked to make the finals and you didn't make the playoffs. It hurts me. That hurts.
0: <laughs> It's all right. Let it out. Let it out. Safe space. Safe space. All right. First of all, um, Stephen A. Smith might need some weed so he can calm down when he does all these takes. Number one, right. number two, number two, Anthony Davis only played 70 plus games twice, 2016, 2017, in mm-hmm. which he played 75. The rest of them, 60s. And uh, his lowest in 2020, 36. So, 36. We have that. Uh, Korea, uh, do you agree or disagree with Stephen A. Smith with him saying um, they should consider trading away LeBron and also what you think about moving AD?
3: So, Mike was preaching to the choir. He has so much to say. <laughs> yeah, Mike.
1: Hey, man. You, you see the background, man. When we get on that Lakers, you know what's up. <laughs> yeah.
3: So, um, Yeah, I mean, definitely like consider options like there's nothing wrong with that. And also like, you know, I think that this team, like the Lakers, like the team that we have now, it's definitely not like the team that we had in the bubble, like back in the pandemic. So, you know, we see a whole different team and it's just it's changed. And honestly, like this past season that we just had was a rough one. I did not like it. Uh, We didn't make it to the playoffs, like, duh. Um, But there needs to be a lot of changes, um, in my opinion. And we're working on getting a head coach right now. And um, also when it comes to AD and when it comes to LeBron, I think that um, for me, I would want to keep LeBron. Uh, even though like I feel like he doesn't really have a solid team around him like players around him whatever the case uh, when it comes to like AD I think that we could maybe like trade him um, because I mean it just seems like he can't really stay like healthy at times and like he can't really like stay like you know he doesn't really have a lot of playing time like that's what it seems like to me like I don't really see him like you know, playing all that much. Um, so it's, it can kind of just get a little frustrating after a while, you know, like seeing that. Um, but he, besides that, he's a great player. Like Mike said as well, if we could just get rid of Westbrook, that would help a lot. Um, so just, you know, focusing on, you know, just parting ways with him, that would be good. And just, um, you know, seeing what, we could do like you know with our guys and seeing if we could just like bring in like you know maybe like a couple like you know young guys or you know guys who can help um you know just bring this team kind of like back to fruition if that makes sense um so i mean i just think that ad um you know i love ad he's personally one of my favorite players but I just think that um, maybe if we just, you know, maybe parted ways with him, considered it, and just kept LeBron and then just got rid of Westbrook and then, you know, see how things go if we just, you know, kept them, you know, kept LeBron and all that. And then, you know, um, I love Austin Reeves. That guy is pretty dope. Um, He's great. And then also, like, Monk, um, you know, (laughs) Monk is all right to me, um, but but Dwight like um, yeah Dwight Howard he's also one of my favorites. I know like we traded him and then we you know it's been like a few times you know so we kept like going back and forth with him. But I was actually glad when we picked him up again you know, and then uh THT you know uh, great. <laughs> yeah, like, like
0: um, saw my face too.
3: and um him so like I don't mind like you know keeping him either but um honestly just you know considering like Westbrook and just you know uh seeing if we can trade him or do something with him because you know he just doesn't fit uh the Lakers you know chemistry he doesn't really fit in there And so, and then also like with LeBron, like totally, like, no, like he doesn't fit with that either with him. So um, hopefully we could see something like change, you know, in that aspect. Um, But personally, I would want to consider keeping LeBron and maybe just, you know, doing something with like, you know, AD and like, especially like Westbrook, but, you know, we'll see what happens in the future, you know? So hopefully they, they make some good changes for us, for
0: the Lakers. I get what Stephen A. Smith was talking about. You know, you do want to invest in long-term future with your franchise. You don't want to go from championship to bottom of the West. You don't want to do that. But you don't trade away LeBron James to do that, though. You keep LeBron. Like you just said, Mike, just came off a season where he averaged, what, 30 points or almost mm-hmm. 30 points, uh, still have his rebounds and assist numbers. Uh he's playing smarter basketball. He's he's very efficient. Uh he always tuned his game to what the league is doing now. You don't trade that away. And also with the AD rumors, I disagree with them. You keep A D as well. That that's LeBron A D, deadly combination. I know A D has battles injuries, but the Lakers traded for A D knowing that though. They knew that. True. So And they invested in it, and now they won a championship right off the bat. So, they got the job done. So, you want to keep that. Yes, try to move Russell Westbrook if you can. Get some picks, get some players back for him. Also, um, have some insurance cards ready for Anthony Davis because you know that he's injury-prone. So, get yourself a a center. Get yourself a backup power forward that could come in and spell – uh, Anthony Davis for a few games a week, a few weeks, or something like that. So you you're gonna need that backup. But uh, the reality is in more most likelihood, they're not gonna be able to trade away Russell Westbrook. Like I've mentioned many times before, he has a 47 million dollar opt-in that he can do, and I'm pretty sure that he's going to take that. So, what 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 the Lakers gonna do at that point? You re-sign Malik Monk, because like being said, the West is getting younger and it's getting faster. Keep him on that team. He's, what, 24 years old? You want that youth coming off your bench or even in the starting lineup. Get some 3 and D players that y'all used to have. Get some of those players back. Get a viable uh, big man that can score a little bit. Get rebounds. Take that pressure off AD to guard the 4 <coughs> and 5 and picking rows and all that stuff and all that, and switching. Gotta build it. They gotta learn how to Build around those three because, in all likelihood, like I say, you're not gonna get you're not trading away LeBron. They're just bad PR right there. AD and Russ, their contracts are they got they got some contracts now. They they getting some money. They getting some money. And you're not gonna be able to find a team that's gonna uh, take that on. So they they they're in between a rock and a hard place right now. But they should figure it out to so close out the Laker talk. Lakers are still looking for a head coach. Hearing things that they interviewed Mark Jackson, are they going to interview Mark Jackson? Also, I've heard that Phil Jackson will be involved in the head coaching search. Y'all already know my feelings about that. Absolutely not. Phil Jackson, sit this one out, man. He, he, some, people need to learn how to let stuff go. Just let it go. You, <laughs> you did what you had to do with the Lakers. You ruined the Knicks. We don't want that over here. We don't, we don't want that. So um, what do y'all think about the Lakers coaching surge up to this point? Uh, ben, go ahead and chime
2: in on it. I I actually like that they're, you know, moving away from kind of traditional big-name candidates. Now, Terry Stotts no, is not exactly, not. <laughs> that, it absolutely doesn't exactly not. fit the mold there. It doesn't exactly fit the mold of what I'm talking about. I can't imagine them looking at him all that seriously um someone mentioned something earlier about mark jackson i think that would be pretty great we've seen what he can do um he deserves a whole lot of credit i think steve kerr is a great coach uh he deserves a whole lot of credit for setting up that foundation though um as we've talked about before on other podcasts interviewing adrian griffin as well raptors assistant who has taken over at times when Nick nurse got ejected. Um, Another thing Nick nurse likes to do is at the end of the season, he'll kind of hand off some responsibility. He'll sit on the sideline as an assistant and let one of, one of his top assistants take over as the head coach. Uh, So we've seen Adrian Griffin head coach some, some basketball before he actually head coached um, some play in basketball before um, in the bubble and in a win, I'm pretty sure um so yeah it's he's got a little bit of experience with young teams and I think he would he would fit well with the Lakers your number one option is probably Mark Jackson though and I do want to agree with you Stacy. I think Phil Jackson should stay entirely clear of this entire situation Please, I'm not 100 sure what he's adding here but uh yeah go get Mark Jackson for the Lakers to me it's it's the number one option for sure that man ain't, ain't adding nothing but trouble nothing but trouble I, no
0: no no Mike, what you think about the Lakers head coaching search so far?
1: Um, I, Like I said last week, I, I'm actually enjoying them, like I said before, not leaving any stone unturned. I'm enjoying them, looking at some assistant coaches here, some former names here. When you got a team that is, quote, clo- that was at least predicted to be in the finals, that means you're pretty damn close. So I think you should exhaust all options to finding the guy who can make LeBron James and Anthony Davis work again and the pieces around them. And like you said, Stacy, going back to Westbrook, you may end up having him again. So you got to find a guy who can make all three of those guys work again. And that is a tough job in itself. And I don't think just interviewing the usual run of the mill names is good enough. You got to cast that in that far. So I like the Adrian Griffin, the, the Darvin hams of the world. I like that they're going out and talking to different people because that's what you got to do in order to find the right coach. You pretty much got the players in place. You just need to fix the things on the edges and have a guy who can get through and handle having superstars around you. So I like the fact that they're interviewing multiple people. As far as Phil Jackson helping out, don't have a huge problem with it as long as he's not making roster decisions. We've seen how that worked in New York. You know, I just we, we don't need all that now. If you want to help us with our coach search, because let's let's not act like Phil Jackson isn't or is not the greatest coach of all time. He's definitely in the conversation. So he knows something about the X and O's part of the game. So I feel like if he if he's in the room talking to these coaches, he can kind of get a sense of what's going on. So I don't mind that. You don't turn that down. If Greg Popovich said, "Okay, hey, I'll come help you out," we wouldn't tell him, "Nah, we good, dog. We seen. We see how the last couple of years Spurs went. Nah, you would accept that help. So I'm okay with him helping as far as the coaching search. Um, ultimately, who were I'm glad. I was so glad. I have never retweeted a tweet so fast. When I seen we interviewed Mark Jackson, like I didn't even read the whole I just retweeted immediately because I'm because I remember we was talking about this last week and I was like, I doubt we're even going to interview this guy. And then it pops up. We interviewed him yesterday. So I'm a 100% glad if he ends up getting the job. Ultimately, I'll be a happy camper. But um, I have no problem with Phil looking. I have no problem with the Lakers looking around. But I don't think it should be a long, lengthy process, ultimately. I think they need to kind of hurry up because I want my coach in place before the draft. Granted, we have no picks, but you could buy second-round picks. You could make trades. You never know what could happen. I want my coach in place. I want him already talking with LeBron and AD. I want him already getting that continuity, trying to figure things out. We already kind of have an idea of who's definitely going to be there among the LeBron James. I think LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Austin Reed, Stanley Johnson, William Gabriel, Those those guys are automatically going to be there. The thing about Malik Monk is if we end up keeping Westbrook because we can't move him, I don't think we're going to have enough money to sign Malik Monk. I think he's played his way into a bigger contract than we'll be able to offer him. So, again, the coach has got to be able to make moves on the fly, put different people in different places. So the Lakers are doing their due diligence right now. I, I can't get mad at that. Ultimately, we'll see who they hire. But um, I think the coaching search so far is going pretty good.
0: Bill Jackson's 80-some years old. He don't, he don't know nothing what's going on with today's stop NBA. Stop it, man. He he don't don't stop no, it. No, no. Stop it, Chasey. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not a hater. That's just reality. Stop it. Sometimes far removed from
1: the game. I'm just saying. Hey, Jerry West doing all right it with the Clippers now. I'm just saying.
0: He doing all right. He doing okay. I bet you the Lakers wish they had him. He ain't got one of these. Hey, you right. Uh-huh.
2: you right. You hey. right. Jerry West. But would you Go ahead. Go ahead, Ben. Jerry West has been around the league, too. Phil Jackson's been out of it for a minute. And he's right. definitely. Hey, wait, hey, forward. hey. Don't
1: believe that he's been out the league. Don't it. believe that. Trust me. He's in the background. Mm-hmm. I know y'all heard all them stories about Jeannie Buss talking to Phil Jackson here and there. You think he's just doing that hey, now and then? Trust me. He is around. He's around. Just not officially. Uh-huh. We'll, <laughs> see. we'll see. Talking yeah, we'll see, and, though.
0: We'll see. Talking on the phone and taking genie Bus out on dates every now and again, Don't count. Uh-oh. Watch out. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Korea, what you, <laughs> Korea, what you think about the head coach in search of the Lakers so far? Are they doing a good job. They getting the right names
3: yeah so i love that they're even considering mark jackson that they interviewed him um or about to interview him whatever the case but um i really think that that's a good move first of all and then um don't want to bring his name up again but terry stotts you know terry terry what up He's one of the candidates. But no, I don't want Terry Stotts being our head coach like heck no. And then Darvin Ham and then Adrian Griffin, too. So like, but yeah, Mark Jackson, he's like, honestly, like someone that I would consider for sure, like top of my list. And he's plus he's not even that old. He's younger. He's almost 50. I think he's like in his late 40s. So, you know, that's like perfect, you know, we don't need someone that's, no offense, like Phil Jackson's age, even though I love Phil Jackson personally, but we don't want somebody that's like up in age because it's like, you know, what are they gonna really do? Like they may be experienced, but it's like, at the same time, we do need someone younger to step in and like coach up a team and to help us like go to the playoffs and like advance like further on as well. And honestly, like, I think that the Lakers are doing a good job. But I do think that, you know, we should just like be a little bit quicker with this whole process because I think that, you know, by now it would be good if we did have a coach just like for sure, like, this is our new head coach. So we know what other moves to make and we know what to do and um, how to like work, you know, just working around our team working with our team so you know it's just the anticipation is kind of getting a little you know uh you know but um I really hope that we find somebody that we hire somebody like really soon within the next like you know couple weeks or whatever the case um but yeah I think that um with who we get um, it would be good for our team, and also just we have to make those like trades, like you know, like I mentioned earlier, just you know, parting ways with Westbrook that would help, and also um, you know, just coming up with a good game plan for like LeBron and AD because they're most likely gonna stay. I mean, they're not gonna go anywhere, but you know, from the Lakers. So I mean, um, hopefully, like you know, we'll see something and. Um, also, like with Phil Jackson stepping in and like helping, uh, just kind of putting in his input, I don't really see anything wrong with that because, I mean, he's a part of this organization and he was our head coach, too. But honestly, like I don't mind it. You know, it's it's pretty nice, like at least to me, it's good. Not nice, but it's good that he's like p- trying to put in his input and trying to like help out a little bit with the whole coaching, um, you know, Um hiring and coaching findings so yeah um hopefully you know we'll get something from mark jackson or maybe somebody else um who's you know preferably of a younger age like you know 30s 40s 50s possibly but yeah um, hopefully we'll hear something soon within the next like couple weeks whether we've locked it in with a coach
0: right right let's move on to the nfl we got Got some minor NFL news that could be looked at as major. Let's start with Ryan Tannehill of the Tennessee Titans. We all know (laughs) from the NFL draft, the Tennessee Titans selected Malik Willis. He fell all the way to him in the third round. Now, Ryan Tannehill this week said that he don't think it's his job to mentor Malik Willis at quarterback. Also, he was also shocked by the trade with uh, AJ Brown. Now, obviously, Ryan Tannehill is the starter for the Tennessee Titans going forward, but uh, I guess he fell away with uh, Malik Willis now his backup. So, Ben, uh, what do you think about
2: Ryan Tannehill's comments towards Malik Willis? I think people are far, far, far too upset about this. Um, a lot of the people commenting uh on the matter don't really understand the situation he's actually 100 right it's not at all his job to mentor malik willis this is the guy who's probably going to take his job a year from now why would he you know advance his growth any more than he has to and he did say he doesn't seem like he's you know salty about the situation he said if he learns from me that's great but i don't think it's my job to meant to go out of my way to mentor him which I think is an accurate depiction of, you know, the situation that they're in. It's not necessarily a veteran quarterback and a rookie. It's two guys competing for the same job. And I think that's it's an important distinction. And it's an important, it's important to look at it as such. Um, so yeah, I think people are, are far too upset about this. I actually agree with, with most of what he said. Um, regarding the AJ Brown trade, I would be shocked too, if, if you trade away my wide receiver one, who's uh been a key piece of several afc contenders over the past few years but from the titans perspective wide receivers are getting expensive as hell he's getting paid what 20 million a year out there uh, and <laughs> yeah 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 uh,
0: well i mean he's not really malik Willis. really right now is not competing for the starting job this that job is Ryan Tanhill's going in. There's no question. There it should be no question about that. But I don't know. It's still kind of a it's still kind of a controversial thing to say. Um uh, Korea, what you think about Ryan Tannehill's comments towards uh Malik Willis?
3: So yeah, honestly, like <clears throat> when I saw because I actually first saw the comment on Instagram. So when I saw it, um, I think I shared it on my story too, but When I saw it, like, I was just like, okay, like, I didn't really have much to say about it. But I didn't look at it as like a bad thing. I didn't really see it as like, too. I didn't see it as a bad thing. I didn't see it as a good thing, either. I just kind of had no opinion about it. I mean, personally, I just think that, you know, um, I mean, Malik, he's the future for the Titans now. So like, he's, going to be like the starting quarterback like he's going to take over Tannehill so you know I just feel like you know um honestly I feel like it depends on who you are as like a quarterback or a running back or a receiver or whatever um and what I mean by that is like some quarterbacks would be like oh yeah like I'll mentor um this quarterback or you know I'll help him out or you know, just give him some advice or some tips, you know, whatever the case, but then there's just some quarterbacks that, you know, or other players that will just be like, no, it's not my job. Like Tannehill said, it's not my responsibility. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think that, um, you know, like Ryan saying that, I don't think it was, I don't think he was saying that to be rude or to be mean. I just think that you know, he probably can see the potential in um, Willis. Um, he probably could see like what he's capable of. And, um, you know, you've seen him, you know, what he did in college. I mean, I know college ball is different from pro ball, but, um, but yeah, like honestly, I just think that, you know, <clears throat> like Ben said, some people are taking this like, you know, too far. And they're just kind of blowing it out of proportion in a way. And honestly, I just think that, you know, by Tannehill saying that, I don't think it was to be like nasty or anything, but um, but I know that Bleacher Report and a couple other sources um have said that, you know, Tannehill, um, sorry, Tannehill, I guess like he's like threatened, um, like he's threatened by the idea of losing his job to Willis. So basically losing his starting quarterback position to him because he's going to be the rookie quarterback, you know, the new starting quarterback. So honestly, like, you know, that that's understandable. But at the same time, you know, Tannehill, he's a vet. And, you know, he's, you know, he's been there, done that, you know, in pro sports, like in pro football in the NFL. So, but um. Personally, I don't really see a problem with it. I mean, I just think that um, Malik, you know, he has a lot of potential and he's, you know, he's very young, you know, straight out of college, you know, he still has to prove himself in the NFL. Um, So, yeah, I mean, honestly, um, it just depends on perspective, honestly, like how you how you view it, how you take it, because everybody sees things differently. Um, you know, especially if it comes out on a news report or Instagram, whatever the case, social media, um, people see things differently. So, you know, at the end of the day, it's just, you know, I guess it's just how you perceive it, you know, how you see what Tannehill was saying, you know, but I personally just don't really think there's a problem with it, you know? So, yeah.
0: All right. All right. (laughs) Mike, what you think about Ron Tenhill's comment saying it's not his job to mentor Malik Willis?
1: Um, well, well, first let me let me say this: not telling your starting quarterback you're trading their number one receiver should never happen. So let let me get that one out of the way. If you plan on moving AJ Brown, you should probably let your starting QB know. But pushing that to the side. I'm kind of going back and forth between this. And again, this is another situation where optics comes into view. You could very well not want to mentor Malik Willis, feel threatened by him, this, that, or another. But I don't think you should relay that in a press conference as the leader of a football team, as the QB, you know, which is nine times out of 10, the face of your team. Um, even if you feel a different way, I feel like you should say the right. And, and again, this is just my opinion. I feel like you should say the right thing, because ultimately, at the end of the day, your job is to be a leader for this team. If, if I come to if I come to your team, and you're like, oh, it's not my job to mentor this guy. Dude is bloop, 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 bloop. Then how what, what else are you saying about other people behind closed doors? What if Ryan Tannehill gets um, and I'm not hoping this happens. But what if he gets hurt? Let's say it's a three game stint and Malik Willis has to go in there. OK, you didn't mentor him. You didn't help him. That could be the difference between your team making the playoffs or not what he knows. And ultimately, he's going to be looking to you as a starting quarterback. This wasn't a first round QB pick, even though we all thought he would go in the first round. He didn't go to the third round. So is he going to ultimately probably start over you? no but should you be showing him pointers hey man this is how you hand the ball off to derrick henry <laughs> probably you know what i'm saying that that's just me that's just my opinion if you're going to be a leader of a team a qb the face of a franchise then you should learn to say the right things in the press conference and even if it's something you don't like you should be able to handle that with tact. And in my opinion just flat out telling the meter oh it's not it's not my job to mentor this guy dude like you could be setting yourself up in the future let's say because Tannehill wasn't great in the playoffs last year. Let's not pretend this is some elite quarterback we're talking about. We're talking about a replaceable quarterback now. And, and I don't mean that in any disrespect, but that's that's just the, the facts of the situation. We're talking about a very replaceable quarterback. Some people argue the one thing that could be holding the Titans back is the play of Ryan Tannehill. So let's say you say this in the press comment, or he did say it. Now, going forward, years throughout the league, you know, there are some guys who are just in the league as QBs because they're leaders and they know how to treat other people. Alex Smith, Ryan Fitzpatrick. How do you think Ryan Fitzpatrick get a job every year? It's not just because he's playing amazing, because we all talk about Fitz Magic. It comes and it goes. It's because he's a leader. He helps younger guys. He does those type of things. So, in my opinion, for Ryan Tannehill, Yes. A lot of people may be overreacting because ultimately at the end of the day, I think he's going to, in some way, mentor Malik Willis. You're going to, like he said, we're in the same QB room. We're going to be talking. You're going to be, he's going to be asking questions. He's going to mentor him to an extent, but as far as your career going forward, if the team that's trading for you knows that, Hey, this is a good guy. He's a leader that could help your career. At the end of the day, if you go somewhere else and they know, you're all about you. You don't want to help nobody else. You, Why am I paying that guy? Especially when he's not a superstar. Aaron Rodgers could be the most selfish guy in the league. We've seen crazy stuff about Aaron Rodgers. But one thing you can't deny, when that motherfucker get on the, get on the field, it's time to go. You will not have to do something against him because he's putting up points. Maybe not in the playoff, but that's a conversation for another <laughs> day. My point being is, man, I just hope that sent him when he sits back looks like, man, that might not have been the smartest move to publicly come out and say, that's oh, not my job to mentor this guy. That's exactly what your job is as a leader of this team. Because you are replaceable, my friend. You are very replaceable, in my opinion. So, I, I, I didn't really get too upset about it, but I didn't think it was a good look for Ryan Tannehill. And for, for him, I didn't think it was a good look going forward.
3: And may I say something, too? So, I forgot to say this, um earlier when i was talking about this whole thing but it's also like for example you know i'm you guys know i'm a big Steelers fan so like when ben <clears throat> was quarterback he used to mentor some of the guys so he would help like Mason Rudolph he would help Devlin Hodges you know like other players like you know he would Landry Jones you know he would like help these players out like he would actually like be a mentor to them and help them out Whenever Mason would be starting, like, you know, he would be a starting quarterback, you know, he like Ben would give him advice and he would help him and like, you know, just give him little pointers and tips and all that. And yeah, it's like, you know, he could have, you know, Tannehill. Yeah. Like he could have went like a different way about it. Like the way he was like, you know, the way he came off, he could have just like said it in a different way or he could have went a different way about it. But yeah, I mean... You know, usually you do expect a quarterback to be like, oh, you know, I do want to help this person, especially if the person's new into the league, you know, rookie. So like, usually you would expect a quarterback to be like, oh, yeah, like I'm going to help this person like or help this this teammate, you know, like I want him to I want to be the person that he can look up to or whatever the case, you know. So, yeah, that's you know, a good point that you brought out as well, Mike.
0: Ryan Tannehill. Okay. well first of all, the Titans, once again, I'm gonna say this again: the Titans are so damn stupid for trading away AJ Brown. You you just don't do that. And then you don't tell Ryan Tannehill, like what, what is going on with that? But <laughs> <laughs> come on, like, come on, man. But mm-hmm. thing for Ryan Tannehill about what he said about uh Malik Willis, I think he's a little bit threatened by Malik Willis' presence. I think the clock far as him being a titan starting qb is ticking a little bit faster you know people have raised expectations about the titans they expect them to compete and win the division and compete in the playoffs so far they haven't you know gone that far but you know it's getting about that time and like you said mike people are questioning whether ryan Tannehill can push this team forward so he knows all that so by them drafting malik willis he in his head, he probably thinking, y'all, y'all trying to say my time is coming to an end? Is that what y'all trying to say? So he, feel, he does feel a little bit threatened. But Right. But you, some things, I know it just probably hit his honesty, and you want people to be honest. But remember, we're talking about the media here who likes to spin things out of control. And you just don't give them that ammunition. You don't say that in the media you don't say it's not my job to mentor this guy although technically he's correct it's really not his job to mentor him right. but but that's the coach's job it's the quarterback coach's job people like that but you just don't say that and we all look at quarterback as a leader a leader of the team like you said nine times out of ten the quarterback is the leader and that's what you're supposed to be so you have to change those words around um He should have said, "It's not my job to mentor him, but you know, I'm going to show him the ropes. I'm going to make sure that he's, you know, comfortable." Which I think he's going to do anyway, because you want to, like you said, Mike, you want to show that leadership off. Just in case things don't work out in Tennessee, you can easily uh, transition to another team and possibly take a starting role there. So you want to cover yourself the next few years to come. Um, He's going to show. I mean, he's going to show him around and everything, but. You know, um, I think he should mentor him, but I get it in a way, um, it's like competition too. Like that's his competition right there. They just drafted his top competitor for his starting, his starting spot. So I get it. And Tannehill has earned, you know, the right to keep his starting position. Like I said, when um when he arrived at Tennessee, he played much better than he played in Miami. Apologies mm-hmm. to you, Ben. But uh <laughs> but um yeah, but you just, it's something you you, you got to change your words, around. You can't just say that quote in the media. But, you know, I kind of get it as far as him being a competitor. But at, at the end of the day, like I said earlier, he's the starting quarterback going into the year. Like, there's no question about that. But let's get to this uh, other NFL topic real quick. DeAndre Hopkins. Ride receiver, Pro Bowl, Ride right receiver, Arizona Cardinals has been suspended six games for, you know, for PEDs, I believe. Uh, obviously, this is going to affect them out the gate, affect the Cardinals out the gate in the season. Cardinals are one of those teams that are under pressure. Uh, the head coach, Cliff Kingsbury, on the hot seat. Kyler Murray, frustrated he has not gotten a deal. He's on a hot seat, too, as well. The Cardinals are one of those teams that get off to a fast start, but always fizzle out at the end. You know you know who they always run into, and they can't <laughs> beat. But, <laughs> but uh, real quick, what, how his suspension will affect the Cardinals' season? Uh, ben, what you think?
2: I think this is season-ending. Like, just right oh, out of the gate, six-game suspension, season-ending. Listen, Marquise Brown stinks. I have no clue why you would make that trade. <laughs> uh, he can run he can run real fast he can run real fast but you give up draft capital for that he can't run routes uh Ertz it's his old and he can't catch the ball it's another problem Zach it's is old no christian kirk he got signed away uh absolutely this affects their playoff chances i think it has ended their season before it's even begun he's by far the best receiver on that team he's should be kyler murray's main target aj green's like 45 um, I don't think you have many other options to throw to here if you're Kyler Murray. And Kyler Murray, like you mentioned, he's already not happy. Cliff Kingsbury, even though he had a bid for a period of time to be coach of the year last season, he could be on the hot seat if they don't make the playoffs. And no DeAndre Hopkins for the first six games. You could very well go 0-6. I don't care what your schedule is. And 6 Owen oh, <laughs> 6 I don't care who you're playing, especially if you got divisional games up front.
1: Your defense yeah, is old. You, you lose, off the
2: bats. It is. You lose, there you go. You lose Chandler Jones on the defense. JJ Watts old as well. It's it's tough. It's tough. You still got Buda Baker, but outside of that,
3: forget Connor.
2: You do have James Connor as your running back, but he's uh, James. Uh, yeah, James Connor. Season,
3: though, I, last season,
0: nobody ain't nobody oh, scared of James bias. Connor. Nobody scared of James. Connor. Yeah.
3: Yeah. True. <laughs>
0: All right. Wow, being 0-6 off the bat, wow. Could that's, be. That's, that's a bit steep right there. That's a bit steep. Woo. I feel very Mike, strongly about this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <it's crazy. laughs> Mike, what you think about uh, DeAndre Hopkins getting suspended six games? How would this affect the Cardinals?
1: Well, whenever you lose maybe the argument best receiver in the game, obviously it's going to be a blow. I... <sighs> 0 and six. That that's tough, right there. I don't know if they'll go 0 and six. What I'll say is, if they can somehow go three and three, right? Let's say they come out of there three and three. Hopkins comes back. Kyler Murray's having it because he he's known for getting off to great starts. This a lot of this is going to rest on Cliff Kingsbury's shoulders. Well, how are you going to game plan for those first six weeks? Because, like Ben's already said, you got old AJ Green. Now they still have Rondell Moore, I believe, and like Korea yeah, said, they still got James Conner. So they're gonna they're gonna try to scheme their way into some wins in the first six weeks, and it all just really depends on that schedule. Ultimately, I think. They can mess around and stick around 500, maybe three and three. But like I said, that's a bad start when you got to play the Rams twice a year. But Mm -hmm. I mean, don't forget 49ers are starting Trey Lance this year. We don't know how that's going to be yet. Seahawks, who's starting that QB for them yet? We don't know yet. So again, so again, there is a chance you could be still in that wild card hunt by time Hopkins comes back. But again. A lot is going to fall on Cliffsberry's shoulders, and a lot is going to fall on Kyler Murray's sh- shoulders. Right before we got on um, the call today, I was talking to some guys about, is Kyler Murray, like? do you consider him a elite top 10 quarterback? And top 10, I, I thought it was like, that's yeah, probably easy he'll make the top 10, but as I started going down the QBs of who I'd rather have than Kyler Murray, he fell kind of right in that 10 to 13 range. So, it's going to be tough out the gate, but I do think being a dual threat that he is, and he's a, he's a playmaker, he can make some things happen. I, I think they can stick around 500, but losing Hawkins is definitely it, it hurts. It definitely hurts. He, he could take, take the top off the defense, run every route, it doesn't matter. Hands of glue. So he's going to definitely be missed, but I don't think it eliminates him from postseason contention ultimately. But it might. I'm not saying it couldn't happen, but I think they can come out of the first six games three and three
0: what do you think about DeAndre Hopkins getting suspended the first six games? How would this affect the Cardinals coming out the gate in the season?
3: Um. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to affect the Cardinals for sure. I mean, like Hopkins is like their weapon, like their, you know, main person, like main receiver, you know. So they're star is what I meant to say. But, yeah, I mean, um, they have like. James Connor, you know, Kyler Murray. Uh, here we go. Yeah, he's a <laughs> Kyler Murray, a great quarterback. Um, and then like Ben said earlier, like, you know, Zach Ertz, like, you know, he's the tight end, but he kind of sucks. And then you oh, have Mike, and then you have like you have Marquise Brown, but I mean, like, he's it's like whatever, you know. But honestly, like um, like James Connor, like <laughs> Uh, I feel like, I feel like he can like, not trying to be biased, but I feel like he can run the ball well with the Cardinals because he had a good season with the Cardinals last season, this past season, but when he played for the Steelers, he was terrible and he barely like, you know, had like his playing time, but I'm going to say, I think that the Cardinals like their first six games um, I'd say maybe three and three or I'd say like, um, I don't know, maybe like, uh, like something else, like maybe like a, I can't like really think of it right now, but either three and three, or maybe they'll just have like some other like record starting off. But honestly, like, um, like, I think that it's definitely gonna affect the Cardinals for sure. Like them not having like Hopkins, that's definitely gonna affect them. And um, I mean, I don't think they're gonna be like really, really bad, but, um, but there is gonna be definitely like a difference there with the, the way they're playing, like offensively, especially. Um, and uh, it's gonna suck for Murray you know, until Hopkins does come back. But um, yeah, I mean, um, I don't think it's going to be like that. In my opinion, I don't think it's going to be like really, really bad, but um, but it is going to be pretty interesting to see how they're going to do without their star receiver. So hopefully, you know, um, they don't do terrible, like really, really bad. So <laughs>
0: First of all, let me tell y'all something about James Conner.
3: No. Let me tell y'all something <laughs> about
0: James Conner. Nah, 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 nah. i give him his props. He did have 15 touchdowns last season. But the match, the man averaged 3.7 yards a carry. Mm. Yeah, and then you talking about he's going to be a key going for? No. No, he's not. He's not going to be a key. He's okay. But, of course, they're going to be affected by, um, it's uh-huh. not getting right. He's, he's like... He was, like, literally the only dominant right receiver. Hollywood Brown's going to get some catches. But, you know, like, like Ben said, he does have trouble with route running a bit. You know, he caught 91 balls last year. Um, Rondell Moore's a young wide receiver, but you can't really depend on that. Yeah, they're going to be kind of average coming out the gate. And, you know, I i don't fully buy into Kyler Murray. Not because it's, it's kind of more so, A, his height. You know, it's tough being a five foot nine, five foot ten quarterback. It's that's just tough uh for in, within itself. And then also he does wear down um as the season goes on. So he has to set himself up for long-term success. But uh yeah, I, the Cardinals, I I look at them the same like they was last year. You know, I didn't really buy into the hype of them getting off to that, that huge start. Um and this year, not starting off with DeAndre Hawkins, I think they're going to be average three and three out the gate. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised they go two and four just because they don't have that that guy at right receiver right now running games, a little suspect. Kyler is going to have to do a lot, both passing and running the ball to make up for um, Hawkins not being there. And, you know, Cliff Kingsbury, he's going to be in a lot of trouble. And Kyler Murray not. I don't know. He might not get that big money from the Cardinals if they start <laughs> off like this. So they are definitely under pressure. Obviously, they're not going to win a, the win the division because of you know who. And also, you still got the 49ers in there. Seattle. Seattle depend on Drew Locke to save them.
2: <laughs> that's, so, that's a scary <laughs> thought. A, Rams. So his, Rams, Buccaneers, Chiefs, Chargers—four of the first six games for the Cardinals. If they come out of that five hundred, I, I would yeah, be shocked.
0: That sound like a two. That does sound like a two and four.
2: Yeah, uh, at, at, <laughs> best, oh, man. at best, at best, because you guys still got to beat the Saints and the Seahawks to get that done, and no DeAndre Hopkins.
0: Ooh, oh, oh, that, that might be one and five,
2: right? The Saints <laughs> are a little bit debatable,
0: especially <laughs> okay. if James Winston, if he can turn it on. But uh, yeah, so the Cardinals yeah all right whatever about them but uh let's go to uh, let's go to our last topic we got to talk about the WNBA the WNBA kicked off Friday May 6th y'all see I got my WNBA shirt on I wish I had the hoodie but you know I got to represent WNBA we got to talk about them you know they're getting up there now popularity once again they rising up and there's some interesting storylines going on with the WNBA so we're we just going to go around the room and talk about what team or what players that we are watching for as far as this season. So, uh, Korea, uh, what do you got for as far as WNBA? What you looking out for?
3: Um, I'm looking out for Sabrina Unescu. Um mm. So, yeah, she plays for the New York Liberty. Um, so I'm just going to be honest, but I don't really follow the WNBA like that. But I know I should start getting more into that. <laughs> But yeah, Sabrina Eniscu, I say she's like my favorite player, honestly. I mean, honestly, like she um, I mean, I'm sure you guys have like heard of her and stuff, but yeah, she's mm-hmm. like a great player. And she's young, she's 24, you know, she'll be 25 this year. Um, but definitely looking out for her. Um, I'm a Sparks fan. I would consider myself okay. a Sparks fan, so
0: choice
3: the that i represent i
0: disagree but <laughs>
3: so that's the team that i would support you know um if i was like heavily into like you know the wmba and um i think that the sparks like you know uh they should like hopefully us like we could see something them doing something this season but um but stacy i know you like the aces
2: so you know, yeah.
3: the Aces, they seem like they're going to have a good season so far. Uh, so they, it seems like they're going to not do too bad, but, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, I'm not really into WNBA, so I have to do more of my, you know, research and all that stuff, but um, go Sparks. I hope the Sparks mm-hmm. do great. And even though Sabrina doesn't play for the Sparks, you know, um, I like her and she seems like a, like a pretty cool chick for sure.
0: Mike, what you looking forward to as far as the WNBA season?
1: All right, so first things first, I represent the Los Angeles Sparks, as always. Ah. They got that, got that first dub last night over them reigning champion Chicago Sky and Overtime. Talk about it. Liz Cambage is now on the Sparks, one of my favorite players in the league, and one of my favorite Instagram follows, but that ain't the point. <laughs> the point I want to make here is that the team, the team I'm looking out for, and Korea already said Las Vegas Aces. First off, they get a win last night over the Mercury, 106 to 88. That's a big oh. win right out. That's a tough team to go in and beat like that. Mm-hmm. Diana Taurasi, Siler Diggins, soon to be, once we figure it out, Brittany Griner. So they got pieces everywhere. But Becky Hammond, first year head coach with the Las Vegas Aces. I believe they're the favorites to win it all. You got possibly the best player in the WNBA, Aja Wilson, on their team. That is the team that everybody should be looking out for my backup team that everybody should be looking out for is the seattle storm brianna stewart's back she is a walking bucket so watch out for the seattle storm as well but i think the las vegas aces are the favorite and y'all better show some respect to my sparks after what they did to candace parker last night all right talk to me
0: all right first of all yes aces
2: (laughs) I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Ben, what you got for as far as the WNBA? What you looking out for? I'm looking out. Listen, my team to watch, you guys have mentioned the powerhouses, Aces, Storm, Mercury, etc. cetera. I've got my eye on the Dallas Wings. Okay. Uh, listen, Ooh, they, had okay. The, they had the first two picks consecutively uh, in the 2021 NBA draft. The majority of their team is sub-25. This is a fun, exciting young team to watch. Um, not traditionally, uh, a powerhouse in the WNBA, but I'm excited to see what they do this season. With you know, you know, three girls born in the 2000s, which is crazy to think about. Um, this is this is a young team. They got a future. They got a future. I'm getting. Oh uh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, player to watch: Sabrina Ionescu. uh Korea already mentioned a lot of this, but. She's, she's been through it a little bit. She was supposed to be the person, you know, coming in first overall pick for the Liberty, supposed to be the person to turn around the perception of the league, um, just because the way she plays is exciting. There's a lot of hype around her on social media, especially in college. Um, similarly to Paige Beckers, who should be coming into the NBA, WNBA soon enough. Uh, her first season was cut short due to injury second season was a bit underwhelming but she played the majority of the year Um, so I've got my eyes on her this year hopefully she can be what we expected her to be coming into the league
0: right right and for me of course uh, the teams that I'm looking out for of course I'm looking out for my aces uh, led by Asia Wilson Derek and They they got a lot of players they got the same team pretty much coming back minus Liz Cambage but they have Becky Hammond now, and she's getting paid some money to coach. It was a little controversy with that with her and Liz, but um, they got to do it. They got to get over that hump. They got to win the championship. They have uh, had a title contender the past few seasons. Since they really came from um, San Antonio to Las Vegas, they've been title contenders, but they got to get over that hump, man. That starts with A.J. Wilson. Got to be dominant in those big games, go inside. Don't rely on that jump shot. She can't hit the jumper, but she can't rely on it all the time. And it's a lot of pressure, not only her, but Becky as well, to get them. Remember, Becky was heavily sought after in the NBA. You know, she came up in a lot of you know head coaching vacancies. So she got pressure on. Also, the Phoenix Mercury. Now, I know they short Brittany Grinder, free Brittany Grinder. uh, But they was in the uh, finals last year. And they signed Tina Charles. Speaking of, yeah. you know, uh, th- th- having Diane Taurasi and uh, Scotland and Dick Smith, they signed Tina Charles, was one of, who was one of the leading scorers in the NBA last year, twenty three point twenty three point four points per game. So when you have that, you are automatically a championship contender in my eyes. So you got three fantastic scores, dynamic players on offense. You got to do something with that. So it's going to be a war between those two right there. And the players that I'm looking out for, First, Liz Cambage of the Sparks. There you she go. Has, she has to show, <laughs> she has to show that that flash of brilliance that she showed early in her career uh, when she first entered the WNBA. She kind of been back and forth as far as her dominance. I know she's been going through things mentally off the court, but when you're with the Sparks and the Sparks are one of those teams that's trying to come up. Uh, you got to be that force. You got to be that offensive leader. She, did, she struggled in that game. Although they won, she struggled. Shot mm-hmm. 33%, only had 12 points. So, you know, she got to improve. And also, I'm looking at it, Elena Deladon. Mm-hmm. You know, she's coming off injury, uh, surgery. Uh, she sat out the bubble because, you know, of health concerns. She's back. She, she played good out the gate. Can she continue lifting up that Washington Mystics team who... I think they won the championship in uh, 2019, 18, 19, something like that. So they're not that far off. So can she be that player? Now she's that now. She's back in. But we decided about the WNBA. Of course, we're going to continue to watch out for that. Go Aces. I guess Sparks, I guess. But that was the end. of. Hey,
2: I do <laughs> want to say so quickly, quickly, just real quick about the uh, Brittany Griner situation. Uh, The only reason she was in Russia is because the WNBA doesn't pay her enough Mm. for her to support herself and her family uh, throughout the course of the year. So she actually makes more in Russia than she does in the WNBA. Uh, So a league needs to start making marketing itself a lot better, uh, but also hopefully people can start watching the league. Um, Hopefully podcasts like this can kind of create a bit more buzz around the league um, on social media, et cetera, so that nothing like that with Brittany griner ever has to happen again because it was just what right. like dab cartridges or something yeah and, <laughs> vape so, cartridges and then, Yeah, so. and she's in prison overseas right now so hopefully hopefully right. you know the league can start marketing itself a bit better All right please please bring her back safely but that was the end of sos
0: stacy on sports podcast show once again we had the whole crew ben okazawa mike white julia korea lewis of course not only gonna look after the WNBA, but we still got a playoff that going. We kind of looking good right now, fellas. We kind of looking good, but we, we <laughs> gonna need that separation soon. We gonna need that. I need hey, that. <laughs> Mavs and Seven still alive, baby. It's still oh, alive. Right. Well, I'm, I'm playing, playing catch up. Happens. I need that. <laughs> if that happened, I swear to God, if that happened. But <laughs> hey. we'll see y'all next week, though. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching.